This is the Sacred You podcast and today we're talking about the Ascended Master Sarah. We have a really special interview for you with Alfidia Arara who's talking about her work with Sarah and stay tuned to hear Alfidia's channeled message from Sarah about the Holy Grail and lots of other interesting things. Hi, I'm Rachel Goodwin and I'm a channel and healer who loves to teach and empower others. My work is about teaching you how to make a strong and powerful connection with your divinity, your divine spark, soul, higher self, whatever you want to call it, and then bringing that divine power right smack centre into the middle of your life so that it mixes and integrates with your everyday life and your everyday self. To me, this is ascension as it creates an overall rising of vibration and is where my path and yours has always been leading. Hello everyone and welcome to today's podcast. Now I recorded an interview last night with Alfidia Arara Kensington that I'm really excited to share with you. This podcast is being sent out just before Christmas 2018 and me and Alfidia were saying last night about how um Sarah has just stepped up and just wanted to um, be on this podcast because she didn't actually have the time to do it and neither did I and yet we both felt like okay we've just we've just got to do it now Um, and it it is the 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 time the time is now the time is now um, to talk about Sarah and She's one of my favourite subjects, so I'm really happy to be bringing this to you today. I've been working with Sarah since 2006, Um, so she's a bit of an obsession of mine. Um, I've had a few years break from uh, kind of working publicly uh, because I moved to Denmark in 2014 and that sort of took up ever such a lot of my time and energy um, and I'm just getting back to work now after a, a, a few years away but um wow yeah so great show for you today I wanted to start off just by um, backtracking a bit because 
I wanted to tell you about the chant that's at the beginning of the show. Now, I really like singing chants and over the years when I've worked with a chant, I usually do it um, for about six months to a year even, you know, there's particular chants that come up and I just want to work with them really deeply. And this was one of those chants and it's a Hawaiian chant and it's called Kaliko Pua Kukui, which means the budding kukui flower. And it's a love poem. Um, the kukui tree is a very special sacred tree on the islands of Hawaii. The ancestors brought it to Hawaii from Polynesia. Um, and the nuts are often used um, as lays. And I mean, also, it makes a, a fabulous oil that's really good for a number of purposes. And the flowers are really beautiful and delicate. And and this chant is telling us about the attraction between two lovers. And it's this beautiful um, love song, love poem, which is which is actually at the root of today's topic because Ascended Master Sarah is the daughter of Mary Magdalene and the Master Jesus and she's a daughter so she's like she's like the result of what happens when the divine masculine and the divine feminine come together and of course they come together because of this attraction that you have between two lovers and that energy of attraction is what creates everything in the universe it's why we're all here it's Shiva and Shakti um yeah Mary and the master Jesus and Sarah represents and holds that power that space that energy of what happens when these energies come together and create a third holy new energy as a result but um, just a little bit more about Hawaii. I've had a total love affair with Hawaii. I've been there twice. Um, I actually started channeling Sarah after the first time I'd been there, and she popped up um, in a in a in a workshop I was teaching about one of the um, earth vortexes I'd connected with there, um, and very unexpectedly came through because I didn't actually know um, very much about who she was. Um, but there's some amazing ascension grids over in Hawaii. Um, it's just it's just an amazing place. So I'm definitely going to do um, another episode just just on Hawaii and my experiences there and the things that I've learned. And um, yes, but today today we are talking to Alfedia. So Alfedia is a Scottish author, a channel, earth healer and spiritual facilitator. She founded Elemental Beings in Scotland in 2007 and runs channeled worship workshops with elementals, angels, goddesses, ascended masters, star beings and crystal skulls. Um, the link will be in the show notes to um see her website and if you just want to pop over there and have a look she's got lots and lots of goodies on there um downloads 
and um, past workshops that you can go in and get the audio and, and, and listen to now. In the interview with Alfidia today, that, well, that I recorded with her last night, she's telling us, I'm asking her about her story and, you know, how she started. And it's really worth listening to. This is a really fascinating woman that's had a very interesting and rich life. And, you know, um, she's got, she's got a lot, a lot to share with all of us. And she is producing just a phenomenal amount of work, um, so that other people can connect to their soul's light and their divine spark and um yeah I think you're really going to enjoy today's show and then she's going to be telling us about the work that she does with Sarah so you might not know that much about Ascended Master Sarah she's a new Ascended Master she's coming in to help us now as we've stepped into the age of Aquarius and you're probably not alone if you haven't heard of her, um, she has a pretty big mission on the earth, but overall it's about raising our consciousness. Um, more and more people are waking up to, uh, Sarah's mission and they're really hearing her call because she's, she's really calling, um, individuals powerfully now to, to step up and, um, Get on with their get on with their soul contract. Um, but if you'd like to know more about her, if you head over to my website, um, rachelgoodwin.dk, um, if you go onto the Sarah page and have a look around, there's a pop out that comes up, and I've made um, a PDF that's like a free guide saying uh, a little bit about Sarah. But there's the first channeling. One of the first channelings I ever did from Sarah that kind of she lays out the foundation of who she is and, and, and what she's come to do. And one of the things that um, me and Alfida talk about is that how we think 2019 is really going to be the year um, where Sarah is going to be just getting a lot more light shone on, on her and just reaching so many more people. And so since I made the last podcast, I've spent um, a, quite a few hours and days and weeks. I've produced um, a couple of like online courses where you can um, go and firstly connect with Sarah's energy because it is a bit of a it is a bit of a different energy, her energy. Um, so it can be really helpful to get an, get an attunement to it. And then, and then there's another, another course. The part two of that course is getting more information about who she is and, and what she's come to do. So I'll put those in the show notes as well. And yeah, I'd just like to say, I hope you listen all the way to the end. Um, because Alfidia has given some really great tips from Sarah about how we can live a spiritual life, an everyday spiritual life that's just becoming part of our daily life and is not about having to go and sit on a, a, a mountain top, which most of us don't have, which most of us don't have time to do. Um, 
yeah and I'll just I'll just say again I'm just I'm just so happy to share this with you and if any of you have listened to the the first podcast you'll know that one of the reasons why I wanted to set this podcast up is because I lost my mum when I was 26 and and she was actually the one that started my spiritual journey and I never got to share all of these things with her and this podcast is actually a way for me to talk about all of those things that I would have told her and Sarah is definitely top of the list and you know it's not been an easy journey to work with Sarah because you know she really doesn't fit into so many people's paradigm or belief system and yet you know she was the one that came to me um she kind of came and figuratively knocked on my door and you know came through me for a channeling and you know I just love her I just love her um and I hope you do too so without further ado here's the interview from Alphedia blessings and blessed be so I'd like to say welcome to Alphedia and thank you for joining us tonight. I'm really excited to hear about your work and the tr- retreat that you've got coming up in April. Um, but before we jump into that, it'd be great to hear a bit about where you've come from and how things started for you. Okay, well, hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for inviting me onto this podcast this evening. Um, I am Ophidia Rara and that is my spiritual name. My um, birth name was Fiona Murray and my first book, Messages from Nature's Guardian, is published under my what was my maiden name. And um, the reason that I bring the book up is that is what started me um, really on this journey. A bit of a backstory to me is that I um, am from Perthshire which is sort of, it's a very beautiful area of Scotland, sort of the breadbasket of Scotland, so the countryside. And I went to university to study politics, geography and environmental science. And I decided I wanted to be an environmental political lobbyist or researcher. So I actually worked for five years in the Scottish Parliament in Edinburgh. It had just been formed. So the end of my, I was at Edinburgh University. So at the end of my first year at university, I um, had managed to pass all my exams. I didn't have to sit in exams in first year. But my parents had paid for a month's um, halls of residence. So my mum said to me, why don't you write to John Swinney, who is now the Deputy First Minister of Scotland, and ask him for some work experience. So I knew John because in my sixth year at school, I'd studied comparative politics and I had interviewed him. And um, my topic was on, uh, my dissertation was on the 97 election, uh, which he had just become elected to the UK government at that time. And um, so I wrote to him asking for work experience and he called me into Parliament and said, I don't want to give you work experience. I was like, oh, okay, I want to give you a job. So he, um, he employed me in the constituency office to start with, and then the next year, um, he was the deputy um, shadow first minister at that time. So I kind of went in quite high up straight away. He then asked me after a summer of um, running his office, because the girl that worked for him, Elaine Blesser, she went off to show for months. So here was me at 19 running <laughs> the deputy first minister's office. It was a total baptism of fire. 
But it was such good grinding for the work I do now because, you know, I came across so many people in so many different walks of life in so many different situations. Mm. And then went to start working in Parliament whilst I was also a student for him. And when I graduated, um, I got a job as SNP's Environment and Rural Affairs Advisor in Parliament. And um, I really enjoyed that job. But unfortunately, I took seriously ill after I was given the flu vaccine. We were considered frontline staff and I wasn't awake at that time to know that um, it might not be the best thing for me. And unfortunately, I was left bedridden for a year and a half, completely unable to move apart from the neck up. So I could still talk, but I couldn't feed myself. I had to be toileted and it was just... Yeah, it was just a bit of an interesting experience. Um, I had moved jobs. I'd moved to work for RSPB Scotland, um, who they're a Society of Protection of Birds as a conservation policy officer. But I was still really in the thick of scientific um, work. And um, I'd always been interested in fairies, though, and, and nature. And then what happened was I went into a coma and I had an out-of-body experience where... I was looking down on myself and my mum was at my left-hand side trying to wake me up. My dad's at the right-hand side and I write about this in the book and I heard this booming male voice. At the time, I just thought it was God. I'd been brought up a Christian saying, you know, it was a male voice. You know, it's the choice whether to live or to die. And I remember saying, I don't want to die yet. I'm only 23. I've got too much to live for. And I was flung back into my body. My mum slapped side of my face and I, I came back round. And... Um, I then started to have people send me angel cards. And considering I'd been in my bed for, I'd been off work for six months prior to this happening. I'd been unable to move for four months. Um, it was strange that all these angel messages sort of started coming in various shapes or form. And then um, my, Oh, I was taken into hospital and they said it was the medication that they had me on that had caused a complete shutdown of my brain. Basically, I had meningitis that was undiagnosed and it caused complete shutdown of the central nervous system. The NHS said there was nothing they could do to help us, so try anything alternative. There's nothing we could do. I also could not tolerate any artificial light at this time. So I had to be in the dark all the time and I couldn't watch TV. I could only listen to the radio or somebody talking for about an hour a day. So I was completely immersed in the dark night of the soul experience. And luckily I had been an athlete and I had been, I used to be a sprinter um, and I had been in the national squad and, and we'd been trained in a lot of visualization and so I used to just lie visualizing you know now I know what I know about the law of attraction I would just visualize myself actually walking up the aisle you know because the NHS said to me at best you'll be in a wheelchair if, if we ever get you moving again and so I just visualized and visualized and I'd also been dumped by my fiance at the same time as well so you know it, was, it wasn't the best time of my life but what happened was the angels brought in a, a lovely healer. Unfortunately, she has crossed over now, who was a, a psychic neuro, neurophysiologist, actually. And she used a Danish machine, which is interesting because you're living in Denmark, called Cell Care 3A, 3A Therapy, which the Prince of Denmark has used on himself for back injuries and things. 
And it had never been used on somebody's brain before, but let's be honest, I didn't have anything to really lose by the experience of trying it, I don't think. And, you know, it reduced encephalitis enough to get me moving after five days. And then after two weeks, she came back and didn't, we had to go on this machine for an hour and a half a day. It blasted an eye one at you that a Danish um, architect and physicist had managed to capture, which is just the ions that trees release. And your body can take up as a negative or a positive. So to make the biochemical reaction, that is obviously not working. Um, and alkalize my body because your body cannot heal if it's in an acidic environment. So by alkalizing the body, I was able to fight off you know, the infection. And um, yeah, then I started the wrong long road for rehabilitation, which took two years of learning to write, to read, to walk again. But I still couldn't tolerate artificial light. So what happened was I was going to swim pool for physiotherapy and um, things like that. But I, I still had to sit in the dark at night. And what happened was the... Um, I had to learn to walk outside again, which sounds a bit strange, but walking inside is easier because it's flat. You know where you are, you've got much better spatial awareness. Outside, you have so many, you know, things that you don't realise because you've got a well-working brain, that the ground's uneven, the wind might blow, a car might suddenly come. You know, you're, you're fielding off all this extra sensory information. But for me, it was, I hadn't been outside for um, two and a half years. I was in the same room for over a year and a half can imagine that, not even out to go to the toilet. And um, I started to notice the plants and flowers look different. There seemed to be an energy on them that I hadn't ever noticed before. And I was like, what is that? And eventually I spoke to a neurophysiologist about how I'd seen this man walking towards me and he looked like my granddad, but he was in spirit form. And I had shouted out, no, I'm not ready for this yet. And then she, I didn't know she was psychic at the time. And she thought, okay, she's waking up for this experience. So she started to talk to me about, what do you think happens after death? And I said, I don't mean you just die. And she went, no, you don't. You have a soul. Your soul continues on. Another doctor, a medical doctor, told me to read a book when I was learning to read again, The Lightworker's Way by Doreen Virtue. And the chapter on the angels really spoke to me. So I used to lie at night listening to this Doreen Virtue Connecting with Angels CD because I had nothing else to do. And then I heard, I could clearly hear the angels. And I thought, well, this is what everybody does if they're into this kind of thing. It's as easy as this. I didn't realize at the time that I had a really advanced clear audience and that I could just do this. And so the next part of the story is how, which links to Lady Sarah and Mary Magdalene, is that we couldn't get my eyes to heal. I'd been told by Archangel Metatron, it was him that had spoken to me, in, uh, when, not God, but it was him that had spoken to me when he gave me the choice to live or to die, and that I wasn't going to go back into politics. I was going to write a book about fairies and the elementals and their environmental messages, which is what I did. And I thought, well, I'll write the book, and then I'll go back into politics. But that was 2007, I set the business up. I launched the book in 2009. And since then, Elemental Beings was birthed and has grown into, you know, a quite a big company now. And I have customers in 56 countries around the world. But I run it with my husband. And where he comes into this story was I manifested him. I sat and did the, the exercise. I asked the angels to bring in 
bring to me this man that I couldn't move. So some of my friends were like, how did you do it? I'm feeling my dad's clubbing, I've been at parties, I'm not meeting a guy and you're lying in your bed in the same room and you've now got the man. You know, but I just manifested with angels and um, I couldn't get my eyes to heal. Nobody could get my eyes to heal. So Joyce said to me one day, my best friend's just had a homeopath. He's the head homeopath in England, move in with him. He's had a marriage breakup. He's moved in with him. He's moved up from Yorkshire to Scotland. He doesn't do human threats anymore. He just does animals, but he's agreed to see you. And I said, okay, I don't want to see MDLs. You know, I'd seen so many healers. So a lot had made me worse. I was, felt I was making progress with Joyce. And, you know, life wasn't that bad. And maybe you had to sit in the dark from four o'clock in a, a Scottish um, winter. But, you know, life was a lot better than it had been. And I didn't really want to rock the boat. So it took a couple of months of persuading um, of Joyce and my mum to, to meet Aragus. But as soon as I went for the consultation, um, he... He started working with me and um, he got my left eye. It was sort of bulging out at the time. Back in, I was like, oh, mum, you have to get this man back. And after three sessions, I was starting to be able to tolerate light. And he um, offered me a job. And he was based in Roslyn. So he said, you can't afford me. <laughs> I couldn't. He was £150 an hour. <laughs> and I was on benefits. And I was like, I can't really know. He says, I need some I need political advice. And the political advisor... Environmental advisor for my company, so I agreed to that, and I eventually was well enough to come down to this area where I'm in now. And he took me to Roslyn Chapel, and he sat me on the Mary line, and he gave me a big healing on the Mary Magdalene line. And um, that's when my journey with Mary Magdalene started, and then led into my journey with with Lady Sarah, obviously through. Um, through Mary and so you know it was a bit of a, a crazy wave what I also found out in 2012 was that I was a walking soul so at the moment when I went into the coma I had a soul swap so that's why Fiona was quite intuitive she was very intuitive but she wasn't as psychic as obviously I am as Alfidia so all my friends and family and my old boss you know John was like you have a job with me anytime we'll get you back in parallel we'll get you working part-time you know and I was like no and I did start doing that. I was like, no, I, I'm going to go and work with fairies and channel beings that you can't see. And I think they thought I'd all lost it. But I'm just a different person to who I was then. And now I, um, I do soul channelings for people. I do um, crystal skull healings. I run loads of channeled workshops every month. I mean, um, on Friday, it's the solstice. So um, we're going down to Castle Rig. I've just brought through the returned the um, blue sapphire rave which we've not had on the planet since Atlantis on down on the earth today and then we've got full moon and it's Mary Magdalene full moon so she's doing the last full moon of this year which is on Saturday the 22nd of December and it's all about self-nurture because it's a moon in cancer so you know I record all the workshops people take place all around the world and I, I run retreats on Iona and uh, Glastonbury and Fortingall so all linked in with the Essenes and I do a lot of work and um, most of the people who come on my workshops are Essenes who have returned to earth again and of course the Essenes were the secrets um, society that uh, of Mary Magdalene um, Obviously, Lady Sarah came after, but Lord Sananda in his form as Isu. And so 
I'm sure a lot of your listeners will will know about that. Um, if not, good books are Anna, the Grandmother Jesus by Claire Hartsong, um, Essenes, the Children of Light, the trilogy of them by, um, oh, his name, can you remember his name, Rachel? The guy that wrote those ones. I can't remember. Oh, I'm really, I'm terrible at names. I'm really. He's bad. got. He's written lots of really well. He's a past life regressionist, so these yeah. are fascinating books if you want to learn about them. It'll come to me. There's two of them. Joanna Prentice is the the woman, and I can't remember his name because he comes first if you're searching for them. But the Essenes Children of the Light, they're really good introductory books to the Essenes and to the world of um, Mary Magdalene, Lady Sarah. Um, you know, I get people to read them for my retreats. I advise, they don't have to, but I advise for you to have an understanding of the work you're about to do. Mm. You know, they are um, really good books to work with. And yeah, so my journey has, has just just come on since that time. A bit of a crazy baptism of fire at the start, but you know. Yeah, I mean, wow, what a journey. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I've read through the, the story um, on your website, but just hearing that, it's just like, it just really like, it's really hitting me. It's like, my God, that's really incredible. So just, just, to, just to go back to when you were saying about the, like you were like a soul walking, what, when did that happen? Was that before you got ill or afterwards? No, so apparently, um, and I'm trying to write a book on walk-ins because so many people, and I do have a YouTube video about it, people could maybe find it on there. But um, what happened was Fiona had a contract with Alfidia. So Alfidia actually didn't leave the earth till 1979. She had survived the Holocaust. She had been in a concentration camp and was getting kept alive um, by Hitler because she was known for being, although she was a Jew, for being uh, a psychic. But she wouldn't work for him. But he kept her alive in the concentration camp. So I've done, I do a lot of past life clearing as well. And I've had a lot of flashback memories to actually sitting in an office with him. And all I knew for a long time was that a German guard freed me he released me and he was then murdered because he'd let me go. I didn't know the time that that was a ring as my husband because he's had to do all the past life clearing for that, for getting murdered for releasing me. So I was born as Fiona in 1979. My birthday is 30th December 1979. So uh, the deal was that Fiona would come onto the planet. She would get straight A's at school. Fiona was very bright. And um, she would get herself into a position of power um, politically. And so, I mean, I do, I know the First Minister, I know a lot of the Cabinet. Um, my my friend is the um, Minister for Public Health. And, you know, it's a bit crazy because we were, the SNP are now in power. And of course, when I worked for the party, we were, we were still really a bit of a protest movement. Although we were opposition, people didn't take you seriously. And when I told people in politics I was working for the SNP, I mean, I was at Edinburgh University, Gordon Brown had gone there, who used to be the British Prime Minister. Um, they were like, why are you associating yourself with them? You'll never get a civil service job. You'll never do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, no, but I really believe in, you know, moving autonomy away from Westminster and all the corruption and, and everything there. And I want a Scottish Parliament and I want independence. And, you know, so Fiona did all that so that Alfidia could, could come in with, um, status is the wrong thing to say, but, but come in, you know, with some credentials for people to take her seriously in, in terms of, because it did wake up a lot of people were, okay, so what is it she's doing? I mean, a lot of them 
blocked me as well on Facebook. But, you know, it, it did get into their consciousness. Okay, so there's another path you can sort of take. And also I have political connections and, and I have used them at times as well. I mean, I actually got rejected for my grant to try and set the business up. And I said to them, because um, the Scottish government used to give grants for under 30, setting a grant up. And I, I got rejected and I was like, I phoned them up and said, I want to know why I was rejected because I know that you haven't checked my references. And they're like, well, how do you know that? And I said, because my referee was John Swinney and he's the finance minister. He, so he pays your wages and he tells me that you haven't actually done your due diligence of checking the references and you've rejected me. I got the money the next day. And that wasn't like trying to call rank. It was just a case of they weren't following their procedures. You know what I mean? It, it was calling part of my mission is to shine light into areas of darkness or in where the people are not in integrity. And, you know, a lot of the work I do with people is to help them get into their soul integrity, get rid of the personality and the ego within the self. And that's a lot of the work that Lady Sarah and Mary Magdalene were all about as well. It's getting into that true soul integrity place. And that is what we all have to do at this time. We're moving into the fifth dimension. We're already there, a lot of us. But you have to have that place of non-judgment, truth, integrity, and, um, well, peace and um, compassion. A lot of Lady Sarah's work is the compassion work. She carries the compassion codes, a bit like Kuan Yin. So, you know, um, you have to get yourself into that place and you may be put in position like I was put into position. Um, and so 2003, Alphidia came into body um, and shared a body until Fiona departed in August 2004. So that year I was lying in my bed, not able to move. I think it was Alphidia's strength that kept Fiona alive in that period um, until everything was slotted into place. Because I was never meant to get as ill as I did. I, was, I, knew, I always knew, though, at 16, I knew I was going to end up in my bed, not able to move. I remember saying that to a friend, I'm going to get severe ME and end up bedridden. And so when it hit me, I wasn't really that much of a surprise, but I didn't think I was going to be in bed for a year and a half. That was the bit beyond it, because that wasn't the sole contract. And that is something for people to take into account as well, that our guides are always working with us, but sometimes things on earth happen. You know, I had that vaccine. I shouldn't have had that vaccine. Turns out I have a condition called chemical sensitivity syndrome. I should never have, you know, I was allergic to everything as a child. So putting toxins into me, you know, um, I got, I was the first year of the MMR in the UK at 16, and that's when my post-viral syndrome started. I got you know, we've got post-viral syndrome when I was sitting my hires, so I didn't actually set any prelims for my hires. That's the equivalent of A-level in England. And, you know, I went had to go straight into exams, which was quite stressful not having the backup. But, you know, um, yeah, so so that's that's where it all started and went a bit wrong, but I, I got through it. <laughs> I got through it, and it's been years. It's still years. I still have a twisted spine. I still have some physical issues, but you know, it's it's now uh, fifteen years this year since that all happened to me. So, yeah. When when you when you think about it now, and when you talk about it now, does it feel like something that just happened a long time ago, or is it kind of still with you that you were you um, were that it's ill? I got um, I got 
yeah, you think you've dealt with it, but it just comes up in layers. I got quite bad post-traumatic stress disorder five years ago. Um, and I actually had to speak to a doctor because um, my husband's a homeopathic doctor, so I generally don't have to take any medication. But I really felt I needed to speak to the doctor, see if I could get some form of counselling or something. And I said, I don't understand why this has happened to me now. It's 10 years since the collapse happened. She said, no, the 10-year anniversary, it's really common. But again, they were like, but you won't get any help on the NHS because you'll you're not you'll not be deemed um mentally unstable enough with it so i, I went down the theta healing route and um luckily my best friend had just trained as a had just done the theta healing course just on the training in post-traumatic stress disorder and after two sessions with her it was fine it was gone a bit of it came back again um last year but again it's just another layer and i shifted that um as well so it's just like anything on your spiritual journey you are just shifting the layers and layers all the time and I suppose that's the key message to read sometimes people say when's this all going to be over and I have to say them it never will be because you're on a journey you know you're on a journey you're not running a race it's a journey and you can go on different paths on the journey mm-hmm. um, and you make different choices but I suppose my job now is to help people get through the fastest route for their soul journey you know and the quickest swiftest and easiest route and that's why some people work with me the workshops is all about clearing but of course I do a lot of earth healing work and that is one of the things that people don't know so much about the Essenes but they were doing so much earth healing work Mary Magdalene did a lot of earth healing work Lord Sananda Azishu was doing a lot of earth healing work they were anchoring the grids they were connecting up to the Christ consciousness grids of light and that's what the whole thing was actually about they were trying to change the consciousness of um of human consciousness humanity to move people more into that place of love and out of the fear and up against the roman empire which was very fear-based um you know and that's what we're going through again which is why so many essenes are back on the planet a lot of essenes are members of the milchizdic order if not all of them Again, that is written about in the book that you see in the Children of the Light. And I've channeled a lot of Master Melchizedek workshops to help um, the members of the Order. They're all up on the website um, as well. You can listen to them at any time if you feel a member of the Order. Just to remember the role, why they're on Earth, what is the Earth work that you're, you're actually all here you know, to do. And it can just be to carry one code. It can be to be... I mean, the last retreat I ran was activating the golden murk above the earth and um, we're working with our um our Merkabas and things so there's just so many different routes your soul can uh, take with it everybody's path is different and it is just the way I see things it's like you know you're a bit like a tradesman who turns up with so many different tools to do a job for you and you don't know what tools you're going to need at any moment so the more tools you have in your spiritual toolbox the more wisdom you have then the easier it is to navigate through the path and to you know, fulfill your mission, which is kind of a bit like the message that I just channeled yesterday from Lady Sarah and what she is saying about it all as well, which I think will be helpful for people to listen to later in this. this well, maybe, um, maybe you want to share that now. Feels like a good moment. Would you? Like okay. To yeah. So, share it with so us? just yeah. So for everybody to know, I am a channel. So um, I I'm really clear. I can hear, but I've worked a lot on my clear cognizance, so I can just channel um through the words and i'm running a retreat on iona uh, with lady sarah and um 
I realized a lot of people didn't know who she was, even customers who'd been following my Facebook page for years. Went, Who's Lady Sarah? I was like, well, she's the daughter of Lord Sananda. Sorry, we always call him Lord Sananda. He, when he speaks to me from that timeline, he calls himself, or Mary calls him, Mary Magdalene calls him um, Isu. Um, they rarely use the word Jesus, but um, I suppose that's got Christian connotations, um, Christian church connotations. Um, but she talks about Isu. Anyway, so um, Lady Sarah is the daughter of Mary Magdalene and Isu. And... Um, that's been a, a secret that's been tried to be buried for a long, long time. And she's now, um, now more people are, are known about her. Also, Dan Brown sort of made the, the, the connection between Mary Magdalene and Jesus very famous in his book, um, The Da Vinci Code. And I know I just live um, half an hour from, from Rosalind Chapel now for a reason. I'm one of the guardians. And that's the red herring. The, the real energy portal is in the, in the Glen. But so she came through um, yesterday for me, which was the 18th of December. And um, she said that, um, well, I'll just read her message to you. It is on my webpage. If you would like to hear Sarah speaking directly in a child message, um, you can go onto the homepage of my website and you'll see a link to actually listen, which can be a nice thing to do to get the codes coming through from the channel live. But... Um, when you listen to channeled messages, it's just good to go into your heart so your ego doesn't get in the way. Some of this information will be new to a lot of you. Some of you, you might know this in your heart as a truth, but it's just about connecting into what is true for you. And um, yeah, I think it's a fascinating message. Greetings, greetings, beloved ones. I am very honoured indeed to have this opportunity to come forth and to communicate with you all. I have been waiting waiting until the time is right for more and more to remember me and to remember the, remember the codes I carry and what I represent as a lineage. Although I never met my father in physical form, I carry the codes and the frequencies of the union of the divine masculine and the divine feminine. On earth, I was taught by my mother the importance of heart healing, the importance of being and the importance of the connection with Mother Earth and with divine source. I would not say my time was easy whilst incarnate on the earth plane, for I was born in France and I traveled through the Gallic lands up to what you know as Glastonbury. From there forth I traveled on to Iona, which was the Druid land at the time, and learnt of the Celtic wisdom. I traveled to Wales, where I met my husband and brought up my family. My path has been cloaked and hidden until now, when it is ready for the information to come forth. I am connecting with many souls once again who have been Essenes and have met me in other forms of incarnations. For those who are hearing my call at this time, it is because you are ready to start to harness the inner heart wisdom. I was birthed as a master soul. I was birthed through the energies of two master souls. And I was, and I still am, playing an important role in the stabilisation of the earth grids. The energies at this time are requiring those light workers who are ready to activate their Merkaba light bodies and start to do the work Mother Gaia, Mother Earth, is requiring for her ascension journey. I come again to unlock what you call the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail is within. The Holy Grail is the union 
the masculine and the feminine in perfect form. And through that, through the meeting of the energies within the crown chakra, the holy grail, the gateway, pure consciousness awakens within. Mother Guy at this time is requiring for the balance of the male and the female to return. So there is no differentiation energetically between the masculine and the feminine in terms of balance in terms of importance and in terms of unity consciousness. That, my dearest, is what the Holy Grail is. And as you sit for a moment with awareness in your heart centre, you'll be able to feel the resonance of my words of truth. The mind cannot comprehend. It is all about vibration now. It's about accessing your own unique Holy Grail access point. And as you do this, the mastery codes return to you. Mastery codes activate within the land and you come fully into your sovereign power of clarity, compassion and self-nurture. I will be embarking upon supporting you all if you hear my call. This is with great joy and honour I step forth. Adonai. Thank you. <laughs> And then she went on to say that I, this is for my website, but she says she's going to, um, you know, she's been asking me to bring forth transmissions to help with our self-healing and to help us with our ego mastery and to help us with the balancing of our masculine and feminine and the accessing of the Holy Grail codes within. Um, and so the first transmission I'm going to do with her is um, unconditional forgiveness. And um, she said that's the best starting place because if we are unable to forgive ourselves, we're unable to forgive others. And it's the, all about the forgiveness codes because when you're in a when you are in a place of forgiveness, you actually are in a place of surrender and non-judgment. And it's all about becoming the creator instead of the reactor and as humans we have been the reactors for so long and it's now time on this ascension path to, to become the creators of the new world and the new reality consciousness so yeah i'm excited to start to to work with her in earnest this year and of course that's what the retreat's all about on Iona. It's all about um helping to helping heal the Essenes, clearing us of the trauma um, from that time, because a lot of Essenes have are still carrying trauma from the events that happened. It was all very chaotic, everything that happened at the end. And um working on balancing the masculine and feminine and um coming into this trinitization process, which is what the energies of 2019 are all about, which is what the ankh symbolises in the Egyptian philosophy. You've got the balance of the male, the female, and then the loop at the top to the crown chakra is the union. Um, so it's all about the unity consciousness codes at this time. And it's just interesting that Lady Sarah's coming in now as, as the, the physical embodiment of, of that sacred union at that time, um, that she's just making herself known to, to people again if they're willing to hear her and see her so yeah it's exciting yeah and I, and I think I think 2019 I think she is going to kind of and people's awareness of her is going to really grow yeah. exponentially I can just feel you know like it's been going on for a while now but it's like when you see a duck paddling and their feet are paddling underwater and it doesn't look like much is happening on top but yeah. I think next year it's going to be like 
yeah. really, really starting to show what's going on um, above the surface because so many people need her energy right Definitely. now. I know, and it's interesting as well, because it's not long, um, I can't remember what year they did it in, but the Catholic Church have just recently sainted Mary Magdalene after calling her a prostitute and a whore for all this time, and the fallen women, and they finally recognised her after they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, and they couldn't deny her role anymore in the process, and they've now sainted her, and you know, so many people don't know that, because that's not filtered down through, through the, the, through the wisdom yet either, so you know, First, Mary, Mary's conscious people started to really. Dan Brown did, did a big favour to Mary, even though it was a novel. It really spoke to everybody and sort of awoke everybody. And I'm sure something will come along similar to that for for Lady Sarah as well. But as you say at the start, she's connecting with those she worked with before, those who are ready. And mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, it's. I think next year is is really going to be. It's her year, as in the energy that she symbolises and what the Holy Grail was all about. Um, because we all carry the Holy Grail. It's all within us. These codes are actually within us all. It is just, um, you have to get that place of self-mastery. You have to have overcome the shadow. you know. And that's not to say there's still not bits to work on. We've still got the layers and layers to do, but it gets to the tipping point and we're just next year is going to get to be the tipping point um, for so many of us. And that's what's so exciting about the energies of 2019 that I feel. Anyway. Going back to um, Iona, because uh, I've been there once um, and I've told other people about it and they have just caught that spark of energy and then they've gone off and yes. visited Iona. It's somewhere it's somewhere really, really special and unique and yet it's like this little tiny place. It's this little postage stamp of an um, island. Uh, what, what do you think it is that makes it so special? So Iona is one of the heart centres of the world. So when you sail across from Finport, which is on the island of Mull, um, I get my retreat people, if some of them are on the ferry with me, I'll say, right, just go into your heart and you tell me when we have entered the portal. And they're like, you know, no, no. I'm like, yeah. It's, it's held within a portal. So what happens with Iona is it's, I mean, obviously St. Columba went there, brought Christianity in to it. It was the Druid Library, they're known as, but all the knowledge and the codes and symbols for the Druids in the land and the stones wasn't written down. But we go out there, we, we connect and we reclaim that knowledge. And so what happens is people go to Iona, maybe on a bus trip, truck up to the Trug up to the um, refurbished, um, it's not a chapel, abbey, and then they trot back out. But they're just getting a massive heart hit because they've been into the portal. Um, you cross over it, it's held within, the, a bit like Glass Retour is within the Nenji portal. It's one of the heart centres as well. But Iona's is even stronger. People can't put their finger on it, however, because um, it's been kept secret and hidden. And it still is kept secret and hidden really um but that's i mean i get people coming come all over the world for the retreat they just they don't know why you know there's like i've got to come to scotland i have to go to iona and as you say it's a tiny island it's only five miles long um it's population's about 200 who live on it and there's nothing to do really there's a, there's a bar and a couple of hotels and a shop and uh, sort of some touristy shops and the abbey but it's a heart healing place so people go there and their heart opens. A lot of people go when they're going through divorce or if they're grieving and they don't know why they're there, but it's just Mother Earth's heart. She's just loving us all the time. And um, that's, 
that's what calls to people because as soon as you mention Iona, you actually connect into the heart portal and, um, you know, your heart responds to it. So I have two places left on the retreat if anybody hears the call. I was actually full this morning and two people just um, pulled out. So I thought, this is interesting. I'm now doing a Lady Sarah podcast, so they must be wanting different people to come. Two of my regulars have said they're moving house and they don't know when yet. So it's interesting that has happened. I'm quite excited um, as well. So I'm like, okay, it's interesting. Um, this has happened. And because um, my retreats often are full, I'll, I take 20 people, but often my retreats are full. They're never really advertised because they're just booked up from people who are on the last one. I'm coming to another one, you know. Um, so yeah, but the first time I really advertise um, a retreat. I normally advertise the distance option because um, I usually take 20 people distantly and um, you can book distance slots. But uh, but yes, so I think Lady Sarah's got a hand in this happening as well. So um, yeah. So are you, are you still doing that distance option then that people can... Yes, so I don't release the distance option, however, until about a couple of months before. Okay. Um, they get to hear all the recordings. I take their photos onto the island um, and they'll get personal messages as well because on the retreats, people get a lot of channeling. We literally start at 10 o'clock in the morning. We don't finish sometimes till 3 o'clock in the morning the next day. That has happened. It is, you know, I do a morning session, I do an afternoon session, I do an evening session. Sometimes the evening session's gone a long time because they're deep healing, deep sacred space. We do earth healing work. We'll climb up Dunyi. I always do the Magdalene Blessing um, with the, at the Breed's Well. Breed is the Celtic goddess um, where the water comes out the top of Dunyi. It's a spring. It's a very sacred space. We go to the beaches. We go to the different energy portals. So we do a lot of the earth healing work as well. And um, we, so you get outside. You're not sat in a room all the time. You really get to connect with the energies of Iona and um, our video bits, take photographs for the distance people, call their energy into the sacred spots, take their photographs as well, and then they get the recordings all sent out afterwards. And I call the energy in. So the distance people often say they feel like part of it. I send out meditations beforehand as well for them to be doing while we're on the island and connecting. And I set up a Facebook group so that people can sort of meet each other through Facebook. And, um, you know, even though just doing it distantly, they, they you know, really feel part of it all and um yeah it's um i might do sometimes i do a short version just depends if a full moon or a new moon falls on it i sometimes do a mini workshop because i appreciate not everybody's got hundreds of pounds to spend on their spiritual life so you know i'll maybe release um you know a 30 pound section um, just to make it affordable for people maybe a two-hour section of it um, and I'll call their energy on the island and things as well. I'll just try to make as many people as possible. And it's really just to cover the cost of the recording, obviously paying someone to do all the recording and fixing all the sound work and just staff time sending out everybody's... There's so much work behind the scenes that people don't see about. You'll know yourself with doing podcasts, all the editing hours and, you know, the whole back story behind once you run the spiritual business of this size you do require the manpower behind the scenes of people like Don or Angus and I've got Lisa on board who's doing the way who, who people just don't know about because I'm sort of the front person but there's a whole team behind making all this work so that everybody gets the best experience possible and so that I can channel through as much as I as I do to to help everybody so I do try to make it as um you know as accessible as I can for everybody to be part of the, the experience if they want to be mm. 
So just just to make that clear to people, then that distance option, you're you're bringing people's energy in so that they are, you know, part of that that matrix that's going on. Yeah. So what happens is that part of your soul is there. We see the people. We can feel when we call people's names in. And sometimes people are psyching us. Go, oh, such and such is that there. Such and such is here. Because a lot of people have become really good friends you know on the retreats with me or on the workshops and you know some people can't physically make a retreat this time so they're going to do it distantly but we are very much aware of the energy and the people doing it distantly they often report they're getting the healing they'll be like oh what were you doing yesterday because I had this massive heart healing or so you do want to be sort of present you know just sort of tapping in for the the four days and the recordings all that's really doing is helping your logical brain and also you get more healing because you're connecting in but you're really getting the healing at the time that we are doing it as as well and all that work starting for you and then um obviously if you're an earth healer and um, which you will be if you're working with lady sarah then you'll be putting your codes into the land wherever you are around the world and yeah it's exciting i've got people come from australia um america europe for this one already so physically but as I say I will release the distance the best thing for people to do is to go onto my newsletter and um, the website's elementalbeings.co.uk or join my elemental beings group on Facebook or just friend me I've still got space for friend requests through Alfidia Arara Kenshin on Facebook I do a lot on Facebook I do a lot of live videos as well on there that people can watch and get healings from so yeah everybody is welcome if they feel like connecting um yeah and that's 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 a that's a good option, the distance option, because I mean the other thing to mention is actually quite a difficult place to get to, Iona. And yes. you also have to book months ahead quite often because there are only two hotels on the island, as you yeah. said. And quite often they're they're booked up. They're around busy pre- you know. So I'm doing the treat. That's right. I'm doing the treat the fourth to the eighth of April this year because I couldn't get it any later. Last year we went Easter we went um, two years ago. I do it every two years because it's a lot of work, Iona. Um, it takes about 10 hours to get from my house in South Scotland to Iona. Um, but yeah, we did it Easter time, which was mid-April last time. But yes, yeah, so Iona, you've got to fly into Glasgow or get your way to Glasgow, get the train up to Oban. Or you can go Edinburgh to Oban on the train. And then from Oban, it's a 45-minute ferry ride to Isle of Mull. And then it's a hour and a half bus journey across Mull. Mull is beautiful as well though to Finport and then it's just 10 minutes on the ferry and we hire out the whole of the youth hostel it's the only place that's big enough for what um for a retreat size I take 25 people including um staff and um we do all the foods for everybody so you get everything included you get your food you get all the teachings um and um the accommodation as well i can't book travel because nobody's insurance covers them for travel and everybody's come from all over the world so you have to make your own way there but we do set it up and organize it so even if you have to say open the night before we, i sort of hotel and things like that for you because it's it's hard to get to Iona. that's why so many people want to come on a retreat there because they know they'll be looked after as well because it's expensive you know um the hotels for the food you're 20 pounds ahead just for a simple course just because food costs so much so we we get a special permit to get a vehicle on the island we take all the food with us we do all our own vegetarian cooking um and you know it's it's also a retreat where um you're building community so we do a special easy meal similar to how they did it on the last night get everybody to wear white and um we do the 
Mary Magdalene. It might be different this year. Maybe leave Sarah will do the foot blessing. It'll be interesting to channel that. We make it very sacred for the last night, and that's often on the last night after four intense days on Iona, and you're working hard. Although it's a retreat, it's not a retreat where you're going to just lie and have a little sleep and recover from anything. You are going to do serious, deep spiritual work, and that's what makes the retreats on Iona so intense and um transformative on a soul level for you so you can get really really deep healing um wisdom and, and guidance and um i do the distance people's messages when we come back obviously everybody who's on the island gets that sacred time in the messages as well and it's an opportunity as well for people to connect with me um but also on retreat it's very different to a workshop because um you know, workshop nine to five. It's not a retreat. A retreat is literally when you're away from everything. You're all together. There's a reason that all these souls come together. Probably many lifetimes of knowing each other. You know, deep friendships can be sort. You know, can be rekindled. Um, deep healing can happen between. I had two people who were sharing a room, and then they just realised this couldn't happen, and it turned out one of them had murdered the other one. So you know, and then the other one had murdered the other one in another life. So that was a smaller retreat. I took a retreat with Isis and Mary Magdalene. I only took eight people on that one. That was a really intense retreat, very powerful, and that event went on. So you just never know what's going to come up. You never know what the souls are there for. So as a facilitator, it's one of my more, that's why I only do it every two years, it's one of my more daunting places in a way. Um, just because for me as a facilitator, I have to really be in the zone to totally expect the unexpected and to just be able to hold the energies because people can react on Ion as well in unexpected ways, you know, and people can have, you know, things come up. And so I do, I do, there is time for me to do one-to-one stuff with people as well. You get a free afternoon of to go and explore Island Staffa or different parts of the island, the chapel, wherever you want to go, or just have a sleep if you want to sleep that afternoon. But also it's an opportunity. I don't get time off in that time. It's for me doing one-to-one assistance with people if they, they need it. Because you're there to be supported, you know, with whatever you are, are going through. And the group supports people as well. So it's a really nurturing experience to be on Iona. I mean, I've run retreats and lots places but I want it's definitely an, an area of, of deep nurture um first retreat I ran there was in 2013 and um very good retreat as well but um a lot of stuff of a similar theme came up for a lot of people and a lot of revelations and that came as a bit of an eye-opener for for me as the facilitator really knowing I have to um be at the top of my game when I'm doing a retreat there, if you know what I mean. There, there's no space or time for me to wobble in any areas of it because I'm never off. You know, I was helping a woman through cancer. We got her cured, actually, I think, um, on one of the retreats. Um, I don't want to say we, she cured herself. Um, but we were up late at night. This always happens doing healing. In fact, that's happened in a couple of um, retreats. Just because that's what your body's needing, the shift into self-healing again. I do believe you can heal yourself from anything. You just make that shift that is you know, required. And Iona is certainly a place to go if you're looking for deep you know, healing, for sure. I'm a, I'm a bit worried you're going to have so many people trying to come on the retreat now. <laughs> I've, got, I've got two spaces left. Two spaces left. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, no. Do you know what? The right people come, and I do start taking. Well, this is what happens, and then I start taking uh, a waiting list for two years' time because that's that's why eighteen places. Well, I think sixteen places were already taken for this one. So um, I've got a couple of people who, um, yeah, yeah, have have got in. But yeah, no, it's perfect. It's great. Um, it'll be what it is. I just totally trust the the energies and. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good experience, definitely, for sure. I mean, there's, there's, there's so many things that I could ask you about and that we could talk about, um, but I'm aware that time is getting on now. Yes. So um, I've, I've really enjoyed hearing about like your political career and you know the way you've gone through these different um, ways of healing and where you are now. And I, and, and I, just, I just, I kind of love that you've come from this very... Um, what's the word? Kind of proper background in your work. Yes, and now, and now, conventional. I think conventional. Yeah, conventional. Although, although I was, I was, uh, I was a firebrand in politics. I was obviously on the side of we were trying to bring in the change. I've always been about helping change things. You know, I wanted better protection for the environment, which is what took me into environmental politics, and you know, doing all that. But yes, I had a very Middle class conventional upbringing, yeah. yes, that's true. And, and and now you're really, really stepping into working with Sarah. <laughs> and now I'm out there. I'm just, you know, star beings, no bother. Oh, that's what we'll do. The Syrians, the Syrians always come through my retreats as well. It'll be interesting to see what star beings come through on the retreat too, and because they were all working with star beings channeling as well. So yeah, you're right. And uh, out there, um, but when I was younger, I didn't share this story. I mean, my mum was the flower secretary. I was very brought up very much in the Church of Scotland. For those that don't know the Church of Scotland, it's it's um, much more lenient, I would say, much less rules than the Church of England and Catholicism, obviously. It's not part of that. But, you know, I remember at Sunday school standing up and seeing in front of the whole congregation, who, who I knew, because I'd been in the church since day dot, Mary Magdalene was not a prostitute. And one of my friends was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, because I stood up and shouted it. And then I was like, she said, just sit back down. And I sat back down. And the minister's like, okay, so now we'll sing the hymn, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I obviously knew then what, um, what I was going to be doing in the future, even though it was Fiona. <laughs> she was probably the scene too, actually. <laughs> so um, before we finish then, um, I'd just like to ask you if you have any tips, because... Mm-hmm. You know, like most of us, we haven't grown up in a spiritual society where these things are part of our everyday lives. And so I always think it's really nice uh, for us to share with each other what things that we do in our everyday life that doesn't take very long. Okay, well, I'm just going to ask Lady Sarah, because she's standing here at my right-hand side, what she wants to share. Right, so she is actually saying the first thing you all have to do is get grounded. Every day you need to ground yourself and to do that you want to be in nature. So if you live in a city and you can't get out to a tree or into the garden, says me who hasn't actually, oh no I've been outside today because I went to the spa, but she's always moaning at me, you need to get outside more. You can do it with a crystal, you can do it with a plant, a pot plant, you can do it with a bunch of flowers. You want to bring nature into you if you're unable to access nature because the green ray energies of nature it's what it's all about you want to ground yourself every day if you ground yourself you then are centered so the key thing is to center yourself now whether that is before you get out of bed in the morning you just lie there and you just um i 
I just imagine a beautiful white light of love around me. I ask my guides to come to me. I ask them to help me have a good day, to help me. And I do forget some days. I mean, I don't have good days, but, you know, so don't beat yourself up if you forget. Um, I don't remember to do it every day. But if you put the intent out there to live your life this way and that you're going to, you know, be in your truth and your integrity, the key thing is to get into your heart, you know, just to work on heart healing, to work on opening your heart. Rose quartz is a really accessible crystal. Sleep with that under your pillow, put it in your bath, wear it in jewellery in your pocket. You know, any of the heart crystals, it's all about opening your heart. When you're in your heart, your head can't take you off in the wrong direction. It's all about loving yourself. You know, this is why Mary Magdalene's uh, full moon workshop, that every full moon I channel a different deity, do a big guide meditation. And the, the last full moon of this year is Mary Magdalene. It's, it's in cancer. It's all about self-nurture. And that is, is what it's about. It's like you have to take responsibility for yourself. You have to look after yourself. Now, when you're doing that, you move into your truth. When you're in your truth, no one can throw you out of your place of truth. You know the truth in your heart. Now, some of you, Sarah is saying at this point, may feel fearful about responding differently to your husband or your children or your colleagues or your family. Um, and she's saying that's just the fear matrix. So it's all now, next year's all going to be about moving out of these morphic fields of fear, of anger, all this conditioning that we, we've been birthed into, you know, and it is about you really finding yourself because when you know who you are, it doesn't matter what other people think about you. And, it, you know, people sometimes say to me, oh, it's easy for you, you're so talented, you can hear, blah, blah, blah. Do you know, it wasn't easy at the start. My husband is 26 years older than me. My mother didn't speak to me for two years because I chose to, to be with him. You know, a man, when I was 26, he was 52. I could barely walk. I could barely move. You know, um, I had to really just follow my intuition. We, we've been together for 13 years now. And, you know, it isn't always easy, but it's about you just knowing the truth in your heart and finding you know, yourself. I work with crystals every day, do try to get outside every day. And I don't meditate every day, but actually even just standing in the shower, I'll, I do just connect. You know, you can, cleaning your teeth, you can just be connecting to source or within, in the shower, when you're driving the car. You know, it, it can just be seconds is all you need to reset yourself. And the key thing as well, the final thing Lady Sarah said, you have free will on planet Earth. That means that no guides can override your free will unless you give permission. She says so many people don't pray. All prayer is is an ask, a request for help. You have to ask for the help. The help will come. You just have to notice the signs of it coming. But how many times somebody said to me, oh, I've got this problem. And I was like, well, have you asked for help? Have you asked the universe to help? No, I forgot. Well then, why not we do this first and let's see the difference, you know, that it can make if you just ask for the help. That opens the doors, but you have to be able to receive as well. So last year I channeled two workshops. One was the Divine Father Healing Workshop. And if you have difficulty receiving, you've blocked with the Divine Father energies. If you have difficulty being um, loved and nurturing yourself, you have difficulties with the divine mother energies and that they were two key workshops I channeled last year that really really helped a lot of people because it's all about asking and receiving the yin the yang 
you know, it, and it's about moving into this place of self-sovereignty. And it doesn't have to be hard. You know, I've got free meditations on my website. You may have spend any money just to do a meditation and to connect to divine source and to the divine light. And, you know, it's not difficult either to fit it into your life. You just have to change, just like changing your diet. You just have to change your way of, way of being and start to factor in. The other key thing, Sarah's saying before we go, is have quiet time in your day as well. Find some time to receive the listening guidance, to hear yourself. I mean, I have my quiet time in the shower. That's why I mentioned it, or or I do it before I fall asleep at night. Um, my day is so busy. I'm the mother of a six-year-old. I run a forest school in my free time as well. So I don't have a day off. Yeah, I spent two years trained to be a forest school teacher as well after I had a baby just to add into everything else I do. But being out in the trees and forests is, is great. And joy, what brings you joy in life? Because what brings you joy in your life is your path. Okay, what brings you soul joy? Okay, so you maybe get joy sitting watching Netflix all day, but after a while, you're going to get a bit fed up and bored with that. So it's about your soul joy. What brings your soul? What brings you fulfillment? Because that's the clue to what you're here on earth to do, what your gifts and talents are. Because we're here to be joyful. We're not here for a hard slog. It may feel like it at times. But it's not about that. It's about finding the joy. And you, and that's through creativity. And stifle creativity in the West has been a major issue. You know, our schools, our education have moved away from music, art, drama, creative arts, creative expression through language. It's just not... Um, it's not deemed by our society as so important. Yeah, it actually is. It's much more important than the logical, um, scientific part of the, the brain. It's really about developing your right brain because as you develop your right brain, you open up your sixth sense and you can be receiving information just, just like I do. I've spent a long time honing my spiritual gifts in this lifetime and in many other lifetimes, but I'm sure you can all do that as well. You just have to believe in yourself and know that you are a beautiful soul, talented soul. You have your own unique gifts and talents and, and you can do anything you want to do if you're in divine alignment and it's from the purity of the heart. So I'd just like to thank you so much, Alfedia. <clears throat> just clear my throat there. <clears throat> For such a rich and interesting interview. That's just been just wonderful to talk to oh, you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'll put all the links in the show notes for all the things that we've been talking about so people can just scroll down and just find everything there. So Yeah. Great. Thank, Thank you very yeah. much for inviting me on. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And um, let's chat again another time. <laughs> Thank you. And thank you for being a voice for Lady Sarah and good luck with all your work with her. And thank you for doing your podcasts and, you know, I'll share it all around all my groups and things so people can get onto your page as well and connect with all the work that you're doing too. So it's been wonderful to, to meet you virtually, Rachel. person, <laughs> Yes. Thank you very much. Goodbye for now. Bye. So I really hope you enjoyed the interview with Alfredia. I could have gone on for a couple more hours asking her questions. It was it was so interesting. So I hope we get a chance to have another chat with her again in the future. Um, but before we go, I just wanted to tell you about um, I have an Ascended Master Sarah Facebook page. 
also have a Sarah's Sacred Circle group where we get to work with Sarah's teachings. Um, Sarah's uh, giving me a 12-month forecast for 2019 where each month has a theme for us to work with and we're going to be doing that in the group. You can see that on the uh, rachelgoodwin.dk um, Sarah web page you can just scroll down and you'll see how to join the the sacred circle group there and lastly um we have a course coming up in january 2019 um it will be available afterwards as well but if you want to join it live for those three weeks it starts on the 6th of january and it's for those of you who feel called um by sarah and we'll be looking at your connection to her um, some people feel their soul aspects, some people feel they are um sorry, just went a bit blank there. Some people feel like they're they're descendants of Sarah. Um, there's also people who've had past lives with her and have soul contracts to work with her. And then there's also she's also working with star seeds, um, because she really, really grounds their energies and yeah. If you want to know more about that, that link is in the show notes. And also I will be turning it into an, into an online course um, sometime in February. So if, you, if you've missed that and you're listening sometime after it in the future, um, you'll still be able to access it. But once again, and for the last time, thank you so much for coming along and listening and happy Christmas and have a wonderful, wonderful 2019 <laughs>